0: Welcome to The Art of Growth and our series on empathy for the types as we're going through and talking about what it's like to see behind the curtain on the struggle for the different types and today is the type four. So this is Jim Zartman and Joel Hubbard and I will jump into that in just a moment. Before we do, I wanted to let you know that you can find out more about all the things we do at theartofgrowth.org, including our accredited Enneagram certification program coming up soon. And our work around optimizing team health for corporate organizations. You can also sign up for our newsletter, and if you have any questions, you can reach out to us there. That is all at theartagrowth.org. But for now, my friends, let's go ahead and jump into chatting about empathy for the type four.
1: One of the most helpful pictures or metaphors for me that has taught me more about the four. And that sense of the need for significance has been to imagine you're back in your teenage years and you have this person you've seen regularly and you can reverse this and you can be the person that you've, you're the person that others have seen. And nothing stood out initially uh, about you. Nothing at all. In fact, this is, maybe I'll say my story instead. That's exactly how I felt because Patty never saw me, even though we hung around the same circles, until one day, all of a sudden, she sees me in a different way. Mm. And she's like, wow. You know, there was something about me that suddenly stood out that didn't stand out up until that point. Now, mind you, I was already madly in love with her, and I wanted her to see me. I wanted to stand out to her, but I was just one of the guys, one of the many. And so that sense of like, you are not seen, Because you're just average. You're just one of the many. You're one of the crowd. You're one of the crowd. There's nothing about you that's unique that makes you likable. And so all of a sudden, when it happens, there's this wonderful sense of being seen differently and being therefore wanted by another Mm. because you stand out. I mean, you you could play this out in all kinds of dimensions. You can even use work as we use for the Type 3 it's like, well, imagine you have some significance at work. Like, what it is you do is so significant, stands out, is so different from the rest. If you're not the, the, the boss of, of your own company, the CEO of your con- company, at least those around you, everybody around you thinks that what you're doing is so important, so significant, that, you know, they value it, that they want you, that they think, you know, we've, we definitely could never lose you. I mean that gets at the sort of like you're starting to feel that heart sense of wow, I know what that feeling is like to be so important because what I do really matters. And it doesn't mean that necessarily the attention is all on you because there are very many intro there are many introverted forces. It's right. not about like I want to have lots of eyes on me. But it's that more of that heart sense of I matter, I have
0: value, I have significance, I stand out. It's not that I want to necessarily draw your attention, but I want to direct your attention. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. So so that feeling internally helps me to know what that is like when you don't matter, when you don't stand out, when there's nothing about you. That's you know it's like a it's like a a bunch of widgets and we all all seen these uh, memes these images where you have you know a bunch of yellow smiley faces and then in the midst of all these yellow smiley faces there's one that stands out that's like pink you know mm-hmm. or it's even something of a completely different category and in our world that's become very utilitarian very functional very machine like. There's something of loss of that that humanity, that beauty. The thing that is like, well, that's a unique quirk of a person that makes them interesting, that makes right. them fascinating, that makes them different. You, we lose that. And that is something that heart types, particularly for us, feel a lot of is that in order for me to be seen and to be loved, to have any sense of feeling lovability is I have to stand out. I have to have some significance. I have to be unique. And that's that's also part of the joy too that comes with it. It's like I love to have significance. I love to do something that stands out, uh, something that's more beautiful, something that uh, has
0: more meaning and depth to it. Yeah. yeah. But that is also organic. And I'm very much talking to the language of a four when I say this, which is so much of the constructed world is about a a uniformity, a pattern. There's a flatness to it. There's a two dimensionality feeling to so much of what exists in the constructed world. Just the siding of a building, the concrete Mm -hmm. wall, the flatness of the pavement. All of that is the antithesis of the organic aspect of nature, which what is so beautiful about the visual spectrum of nature is that it doesn't have the flatness, which is why walking in nature has such a positive effect on our mental health. And it's especially a lot of forest talk to me about the experience of being in nature is almost like a mentally cleansing thing. And it actually is for all of us because the visual spectrum is in fractals, not in this flat man-made construction. There's an organic texture to it. And what is organic always is inconsistent. There's uniqueness. The the pattern is always varying on the petals of a, a leaf, the 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 spread of a field of of wildflowers, the the cracks in a rock. All of these have this organic natural feel to it. And so that is what actually feels stabilizing, is what feels beautiful, is what feels meaningful. Because beauty is in that organic inconsistency, that organic uniqueness. And that is what draws and speaks to the heart of the four. And so when you're surrounded by a world where, Everyone is wearing the same clothes and driving the same cars and getting the same degrees. And, oh, this is what a good life looks like. It looks like this and this and this. And there's just this inner no to that within the four. And there's a beauty to that no. It reminds us to be that anti-utilitarian, to have that uniqueness. For this training we just did, we were trying to write an I must belief statement for each of the types. And I sent out um, four or five different options to four different fours. And all of them wrote back, I must be unique to matter, was the one that they resonated mm-hmm. with the most of the ones I asked. And, you know, there's a variety of people that might have been uh, liked the different wording of a few different ones. But that being a consistent thing that I must be unique. To matter, There's a story that my identity, we've been talking about identity for all the heart types, but my identity is not just to something I produce or my importance to you and my connection, but part of it is my standoutness, <laughs> mm-hmm. stand apartness from the crowd. And what I hate is, and I have a lot of empathy for Forrest who just feel like they're being pushed into... Roles, or they're being constantly pushed into this world where you need to be a certain way. And what's even more painful is, therefore, you shouldn't be like you. So I think because of this flatness of the world, the message that they get, they receive often that they react against that's so painful is, you shouldn't be like you because you should be more like this. Well, and there's there's a standard that there that is
1: imposed, that they feel is imposed upon them and upon many other people. They look around and they see people who are presenting a certain way, but are covering up and seem, sometimes seem okay to just cover up the imperfections. Mm. That which isn't whole, that which isn't perfect. And for them, it's, I can't do that. I can't live in my authenticity. I know that once you see it, you won't love it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm gonna try to beat that to the punch by putting that out there and see if that's still loved, and it's also why they want to make room at the table for everybody. It's also why they look at the beauty of nature and they see the inconsistencies they see the places where there's there's perhaps death uh, and in that space they can they can be there they can say oh yeah, i yeah i can I can feel." I feel that pain. I feel that longing. I feel that lack <laughs> and, and imperfection. The what's missing. I can see that and I can feel that. Uh, so it's all mixed in there. It's both that I look outward and I see it, but I, inwardly I also feel it. And the question is, will I be loved if you see the, those parts of me? You know. And then also, will I be loved if I'm not? all of these things that you think i should be or that the world thinks i should be if i'm if i'm not whole will i still be loved mm. if i'm average if i'm just you know if i'm just like the rest where i'm just not anything more than that will i still be loved and that's a big question for for a lot of us
0: and there's a cultural component that i think is an overlay here that's important to be aware of where there are cultures in which that uniqueness is more favored. And so that it might be cooler to be a four in certain cultures. You know, we were talking to a six that lived in Spain. who was just talking about how in America, she feels like it's not very cool to be a six when she's here. And then she went, you know, talked a little bit about that. But there's also a lot of different cultures where I think it's not really cool to be a four because you should be like this. You know, there should be, you know, we want you to be unique and be yourself, but but only if it fits into these categories, right? So there's that mixed messaging. And so one thing that comes up with a lot is this, for fours, is this, this sabotaging mechanism. Whereas I want to be unique and I want to put something out in the world. But because of that fear of rejection, I then sabotage it. And in the sabotage, I get a little bit of the fulfillment of even having done it which doesn't make sense to a lot of other types. But DeForest is, it's kind of like, if there's an experience of it going forward or falling apart, at least it's something. It has a feeling of weight to it and of realness to it. But I think a lot of the time, certain cultures, because of the it rejects uniqueness, because it tends to favor uniformity, there is a higher degree of sabotage with the fours in that culture. And so it's good for us to be aware of our own mechanisms of like, where are the lines for us and what is welcome with us? Because I think the fours of the world remind us, they're signposts that remind us that everything belongs, that everything is welcome, that your, your light and your dark are all part of the beautiful what makes this picture beautiful is not just the light of it, but the shadow in it, the texture and all of this. And so I think the four part of the heart knows that all of these different things belong and all of it matters. And so to welcome that in in the fours around us and to understand that where they're coming from is they want to be a part of all of that that, that belongs, that the, the light and the dark and the pain and the beauty and the ups and the downs, that all of that is part of creating this depth of meaning in the world. And to feel empathy for a four is
1: maybe helpful by accessing that sense of when you know that there's something about you that you aren't really proud of, parts of you that you feel are kind of shameful, uh, you know, experiences you've had. Things you've done. And those parts you just want to kind of bury, put away. Yeah. Not and I wish at. I didn't
0: have to hide them.
1: Yeah. I wish I didn't have to hide them. I wish I could be open about it and have somebody say, oh, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Welcome to humanity. And that sense internally can help you to access that pain that force can feel on a given day. You know, You can access the sense of, I know what it's like to... Not be seen as special, <laughs> having anything of, of significance. And p- many people have said, you know, I don't really want to be significant, but I think we all do. At but maybe, but obviously in very different ways. Significant. We don't want to be shoved in a
0: box. None of us want that either. No, we don't want to be boxed in.
1: We don't want to yeah. feel like we're just a widget. Yeah, a cog in the machine. Want to feel human, like see yeah. me, people see me in my humanity. Yeah, but there's no greater sense that you've had, and all of us, if you're lucky. I'm, I'm hoping this is this is true for all of you who are listening is that you've had moments where you opened up to someone that you trusted and you opened up about your flaws you opened up about your something that you're you're full of shame of and hopefully you've had this experience that you were met with with grace you were met with love mm-hmm. like yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry that's happened to you I'm sorry you've had that experience I'm sorry you feel so bad about it um, and in that moment, there's a sense of being seen that might be very uncomfortable at first. But then what a wonderful feeling it is to be seen in your imperfection and loved nonetheless. And then, in addition to that, to still being seen as significant, as having importance, as mattering, as being beautifully unique. Yeah. and. and and so that's what we're getting at when we're tapping into what is it like to be a four? What is it like to, it's those senses that we can access internally and uh, and then sit with them in that. And for the four, it's in what way can you make yourself, um, mm. again, the two-way street of, of empathy, in what way can you open up to be vulnerable? And this might be strange for others who are listening to this to say four is being vulnerable. It seems to me like there always are, but this is actually not true so we've coached a ton of fours. I mean, the reason why I say it's not true is because that's what they say to me in, yeah. in coaching. It's like, I'm not being fully vulnerable. I'm not, you know, it's, it's still
0: curated. It's very curated. It's a sure. desired oh, yeah. result.
1: Yeah. yeah. All of us do this. None of us are. I mean, vulnerability is not something we do naturally. We naturally protect ourselves. Yeah. So the four can open themselves up by naming more concretely what it is. That's happening internally. Because there are many things that force can go to, perhaps more so than most other types, to turn the attention to that being really the problem, or this is the emotional pain I'm feeling, or this is what's happening. Yeah. And to, for the force to come back, come back to the core, which is I'm not sure that I have significance. I'm not sure that I'm lovable. I'm not sure that if you saw who I really was, that you would love me. And to come out with that sense of, I don't feel like I'm seen, really seen. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. But then how do you name it so that it's so that somebody can enter into that space? Which right. is like, if you could hear me for a short amount of time, <laughs> I'm not asking for, for three hours. I'm asking for 20 minutes. Can we sit here? And can we just, I, one of the forces, I will do this. I will go out with my type seven partner and it'll say, I just need dinner with you and for you to be interested in, you know, in me. And I know you are just, but I just need that. Like, And when they do this, it's like does, it does help, but it's, it it pulls it a little bit again out of the, we're in the romantic right. space again with the heart center. Of, I shouldn't have to ask. I shouldn't have to ask. Right. You should be pursuing me. So, and that's part of it is just opening up to be able to say, I need to be seen. I need to feel that sense of significance in your eyes. And I need to know that when I reveal my you know, my pain, my darkness, the things that I feel shame about, that I won't be rejected. And then, of course, the, there's, we didn't say this for the other, other types, but you're really, when you open up and you put yourself in a space to receive empathy, is that when you do receive empathy, when you do receive love, that you take it in. That you say thank you, that mm. you absorb it. You, you you know, as a practice, it's not necessarily a feeling. You're not always going to feel like, oh, I felt that, but yeah. to practice that receptivity of I take that in, I, I thank you, I I receive that. I mean, I literally would put my hand over my heart and say thank you, I receive that. It Didn't mean that I felt it, but at the practice of it eventually started getting it to where my whole system was capable of taking.
0: In the love that was coming in from the outside. There's something you just mentioned that reminded me of something really good that you've talked about on this, which is trying to appreciate the way that people around you are trying to love you, yeah. and not just the way that you are hoping that they'll love you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that could be really helpful there if you could explain that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's back to the whole idea of the love languages that every type theoretically has a particular way they like to be loved. Yeah, they right? have nine different ways, it, yeah. And and there are nine different ways, right? Um, more than 5 for sure. Yeah. And there are also Within that certain a blend of two or three that they will tend to hover around in terms of love languages. Like I, I want to be seen, but it might show up more in a practical sense, you know. Or it might be I want physical touch, but it also means that I want time in that space with you. And so there's a there's a blend of a very of various different things. But because there are nine different types, there's definitely nine different ways that types want to be loved. And if you are always looking to be loved a particular way what ends up happening is you are drinking in love through a coffee stir, those little plastic straws. Mm. You are trying to drink in the love of the world through that tiny little thing that is completely That's insufficient. Good. You know, it, it's so, you, so it's a self-sabotage. It's like, I only, I want to be loved this particular way. Right. Yeah. And even when that comes that particular way, you still don't receive it. Yeah. And so we are so guarded and it's natural, not just because we're we're, we're psychological beings, but but just simply because the brain itself does not want to experience uh, any kind of pain at a physical or psychological level. And so it's looking to protect itself. So we're not going to – it's not natural for us to open up to the love that's out there. It, it's There's a perception blockage too. There's a bias blockage. It's like I – you know, if someone loves me by fixing my bike, I may not see that. I may look at that as like, great, that's a it's, – it's, or holding the door open for me. Yeah, that's fine. I can hold the door open for myself. I really don't care. It's like, it does nothing right. for me. Well, great. It does nothing for you. However, that person just loved you mm. in their way of loving you. And you're demanding that they love you in the way you want to be loved. Right. And so that's where the love language just falls apart. Because if you're saying, for me, it's physical touch that I want. I don't care about you holding the door open for me. It's physical touch. Well, Okay and that person gives you physical touch, you still will have a hard time receiving that love because it, it really isn't about my preferred love language as much as it is about my receptivity to love. And if your receptivity to love is like so narrow and so small, and even then, again, as I said, I don't think we really take it in, that is the problem, not the sender as much as it is the receiver. Yeah. The receiver needs to open up. And so when we do so, we begin to notice, oh, that person loved me in a way that I don't really care to be loved. And so I'm going to receive that. I'm going to take that in. I'm going to see that as love. And I'm going to practice opening up and saying, thank you. Thank you for loving me, right? What that does for the other person is it causes them to go, ooh, I want to give more, right? Mm. And then you can say, oh, by the way, I would love a hug right now. Yeah. Because I'm into physical touch. And then your partner their reaction isn't like, you know, resistance as much because you already received the love that they were giving and you demonstrated appreciation. And whenever that happens, you actually open up everything because there's more willingness, there's more generosity, there's a a different spirit about you and about the other person when it's receptivity, when that is at play. And you know what that's like because when someone does that to you and someone says, thank you so much for thinking of me, you... Brought me flowers. Thank you so much. You came and mowed my lawn because my lawnmower was broken, and you spent two hours in the back. Thank you so much. Right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. So this is why I think it's so like love is this abundant thing that just Mm. keeps getting bigger, broader, deeper if we give
0: it some space, you know, if we give it some receptivity. Yeah, and exactly what the opposite of what you said is so many times we see someone try to love someone else in their life. And that person's like, no, not like that. You need to do it like this. Well, that demotivates the person on both fronts. Because, well, you didn't receive the love I gave. And why then would I want to give you this thing that you're asking for? So like ultimate love is not like training those around you to give you the kind of (laughs) love that you want. That's not it. It's I want to be someone who can receive any version of love coming from any person at any time. Yeah. That is like yeah. the ultimate experience of love, not the specificity. I, I God, I love that image of you saying trying to drink through a coffee stirrer, this like sliver of yeah. thing that you just yeah. can't get any of the substance. And, uh, and sometimes you're trying to drink a smoothie, which means you're getting nothing. Like, get nothing out of it. <laughs> like it's, it's, the molecules are too big to pass through. You know, I love that but I think one of the places that has been the biggest learning curve for me in having empathy for fours is around the interpretive stories Mm -hmm. so an interaction can take place and then there's an interpretation later of that interaction Mm -hmm. a story and I was explaining this to a four once and I was like you know like sometimes fours have that struggle where they have an experience and it creates emotion and so they're they're creating these stories in their mind in order to understand that emotion of where that person was coming from. And it's like, wait, not everyone does that? It's like, no, I don't, I don't do that at all. It's And it's something I have a really hard time even understanding because it feels like there was a whole story that took place that I wasn't invited into, mm. that you left me out of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm catching up with a later version of the story It's like for a while, I always felt like I was walking at the end of a movie without any of the backstory that happened because Mm -hmm. it was like an interpretation story and it was like harming the connection, but then growing in empathy for that story and kind of being like asking real genuine curious questions as far as how we got there and sharing my true intention and then asking, do you believe this is my intention? Or are you going to live into mm-hmm. you know that story? That's been like a learning curve. And I feel like a growth that has to happen between the four and whoever they're interacting with and trying to be in a relationship with mm-hmm. is that process. And so in coaching fours, there is a lot of this learning to question your own interpretive stories that you are calling intuition sometimes, but that might be just that. A story. Mm-hmm. And you have this creative mechanism internally, and it's a huge gift and asset in so many different aspects of your life. But sometimes you have to be able to trust that the other person, what they are saying their intention was, is the most honest version of it. Mm. And not necessarily the, the story that got created because of of very real emotions so the emotions were very real, honor them. The interpretation and story around some of those emotions might need a little bit more investigation Yeah, and invitation to others to be a part of that. Yeah. And I just want to put this last piece in for the four is as far as having empathy for them is I had mentioned in the previous episode, how certain types I think get overly judged for certain things. And, Fours are one of those types that are told you're too much. Hmm. And a lot of that is in the realm of sensitivity, where others treat fours like that their intensity of emotion is somehow immature or childish.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When really it is like you just don't understand what it's like to feel that. And if you did, you'd probably have a lot of the same, thing. kind yeah. of a similar thing going yeah. on. And you've probably been put in situations that really spiked your emotions. I've I've seen people go through really difficult, painful experiences, have really strong emotional reactions, and then have this mixed thing where they're both embarrassed that they're having that reaction, mm-hmm. and they're trying to shut it down, yeah. and genuinely knowing they needed to express it. And so for... The four, they're in that place a lot. Like imagine feeling so much of life with this intensity that you're experiencing really strong emotions and you're questioning whether or not you should and people around you are questioning whether or not you should and you know there's a really a strong need to release these emotions, to share them, to have this There's an invalidation of the emotions. Oh, and that's so like they don't, painful. They're not valid, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's an invalidation. And the thing is, you have to validate the emotions. Like I was saying, this, like, yeah. yeah, validate the emotions, question the story. But like, no, no, really validate the emotions.
1: Because it's not about like the interpretations. Yeah. What we're agreeing on. And people are like, well, how do I do this? Because I disagree with their, okay. Align with them in the emotional center. Yeah. Like, come alongside. You're validating that. It's everything else you don't have to agree with. You don't have to agree with the interpretation. You know? Yeah but it is i think i think that's a really good framing for it you know the the intensity and the amount of emotion that a, that a forfeits. I was I remember this happened to me a few weeks ago i don't know what took me down a path of 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 looking into the past and sort of reflecting on some things and all of a sudden, I started feeling this longing of like, oh, I remember when we were at this uh, mm, event mm-hmm. and we had so much fun and mm. all this stuff was happening there. And oh, Memories are something. They can bring you to that warm, fuzzy, like, yeah. remember then and remember what was happening. And there was this longing of like, I miss that. I miss those times. And I started feeling a sort of a sadness yeah. and a melancholy. And I was like, ooh, I don't... I'm both like partially like that feels... Like I'm drawn a little bit to that yeah. and then repulsed by the pain of just yeah. like the longing and like, oh, that feels so painful. And it lasted for, I don't know, maybe it lasted for a few minutes and, and then it passed. And I thought in that moment, oh, this is what a four feels like, but more regularly than this and probably for longer amounts of time. Yeah. And so, wow, I can see how it can pull you into these places that are that are both beautiful. And that's where beauty is created and amazing things are created and understanding in depth. And so much is comes through from that space, but it is also weighty.
0: Yeah. I think for those of us who are in relationship with four, most of us need to increase our capacity to be comfortable in the presence of emotion. Yes. Because so many times other people around us do experience real pain and I've had people who are going through cancer tell me how people came in to see them and they ended up comforting the person who came to see them yeah. because that person was just didn't know how to deal with that emotions. And I feel like all of us need to have an increased capacity to be a witness to uncomfortable emotion, to this wide range of emotion, to be able to witness it without, you know, spiking our own anxiety, or what do I do, or what do I say, Mm -hmm. or how do I do this right? It's just like, well, just be there. Mm -hmm. Just go, yeah. Hey, you can go miles just being like, man, that sounds really hard. Tell me more about that. That's right. Is there anything I can do in this space? Yeah. Hey, that's welcome here. It doesn't have to get like a whole lot more fancy. You don't have to find the right words, but increase your capacity to just sit with it, be present in with that person when they're going through all kinds of stuff and just reflect back to them say that you know that's welcome with me
1: yeah well, you know empathy is not under, is not understanding all the time right. this is a distinct difference between sort of head center and heart center like head and body and heart we're never going to understand fully each other's way of processing life sure it's not about the understanding piece. I would find myself getting really hung up on that. I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, why would you feel that based on these events? That was not what I would feel. And so that would be a point of where I couldn't cross. It seemed like there was a barrier I couldn't cross in coming closer to certain heart types. And that's when I began to finally understand. Took me a while. Took me a lot of learning from other people. To watch how they could come alongside but not necessarily understand. And so they would mm. like Oh yeah, I have felt that before. Sure. Yeah. But tell me how then you go from here to there in your thinking. I'd be I'm curious about that. And then the person would go, Oh, oh, because of this and this and this. And it's like, Oh, well, that's different. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, won't that offend the heart type? Because you just said like it, it's maybe not the way you would do it, but that's interesting. And but I found it didn't. Instead, the heart type would go, you know, well, thanks for listening and thanks for, because it's not the interpretation that I'm really wanting you to fully agree with me on, Right. even though I might be presenting it that way. It's I'm looking for, do I have companionship
0: in the space where I feel alone in my emotions? Yeah. And even if you're saying, I haven't felt that before, like, what's that like for you? Yeah, even that that's honoring of them because you're not invalidating the emotion. Yeah. You're not shutting them down. You're not telling them too much. You're reflecting back to them what I think is the heart of the four, which is that reminder that you know all of this is welcome. All of this belongs. I've often said that it when I lose a sense, my sense of creativity, when I feel like I can't access new language, when I can't access new ways of seeing, it's the the fours that open that door mm-hmm. um, to us. And I think it's that four heart within all of us that actually gives us access to a broader spectrum of color it's you know it's like that cones in our eyes versus that of birds like we can only see so many but they have way more so the color spectrum is so much wider and I feel like with fours they are the emotional version of like way more cones of receptors <laughs> that they can <laughs> receive it, it. Yeah. and it's something you know to learn from and so we want to have empathy for it to allow the welcome and then to ask if we can also be a part of the story yeah is created. So thank you so much for listening. And if you didn't know, as of this week, all of the Heart Type episodes have their own unique podcast from our back catalog. So you can binge on all of the four episodes if you'd like, just by going to your podcast app and searching Enneagram Type 4. And by the end of the month, all of the types will have their own unique podcast from what we've done in the past, in one place for you to binge or refresh. You can also follow us on Instagram at just Art of Growth or Facebook at The Art of Growth. But for now, my friends, may you honor the energy within you that knows that you are unique and that you have a unique gift to offer, a unique light to bring that will bring significance not only to you, but to those around you. May you know that it is good to be you And that every emotion, every thought, every process that goes on within you belongs and it matters. And that when you get stuck interpreting those emotions, you can return to the heart space and just feel them and allow them to be so they can move through you. And that you can deeply know that even in that process, there is meaning. And when you return to that stable ground, you can remind yourself. I do belong, I am not lost, I am enough, and it is good to be me. Grace and growth, my friends.